Hello, Sinister Citizens, and welcome to another episode of Sinister Soup, the show where we discuss genre fiction through the lens of horror, science fiction, fantasy, books, movies, and ridiculous conversation. As always, I am one of your co-hosts, Travis Vermolum. And I am your main host, Clay Vermolum. Wow. That's wow. we're starting today. Okay. <laughs> Uh, today we got a good show for you. We're going to talk about a novel in the expanded Star Wars universe. Um, we're going to share some great debates. We're going to advertise some board games. And we're going to start out by bringing some culture. So, Clay, what do you got for us? I've got the American Marriage Ministries. It's a nonprofit organization. That is all about non-denominational ordination. They're basically set up so that it's just super easy to get ordained uh, to perform official marriages for friends and family or underrepresented couples, basically. For example, you, Travis. Yeah. <laughs> Deanna, my fiance, found this so that Travis could get ordained to do our wedding officially. So that's going to be awesome. It is so easy to sign up that uh, Deanna almost did it on accident while she was trying to research it. So this really is like, it's an open gateway to allow people to help their families get married in a way that is most special to them. Like we wanted Travis to be our speaker and now he is, and it was super easy and it's official. We don't have to like go to a courtroom to get officially married. I'm making air quotes. We can now get officially married by Travis because the American Marriage Ministries is super awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was an awesome way for me to like bridge that gap because as I've mentioned before on this podcast, I am Catholic and Deanna and Clayton are not, but like I'm excited to do their wedding and uh, be able to officially like, you know, sign the document and say like, I had a part in this union, which is really cool. Yeah. We're stoked to have you, too. And, uh, yeah, so check out AMM, American Marriage Ministries. It's uh, The website is theamm.org. Be careful when you're looking at it, though, that you don't click on the ordination link and accidentally get ordained. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you want to be. I mean, yeah. If you want to be. It's, it's, it's not hard. Awesome. It's very, uh, very much not hard to do it. It is that easy. Um so yeah i kind of just hopped on your culture bro sorry i mean, I guess i had a stake in the game though no you had skin in the game for sure <laughs> the one i'm bringing this week is i i heard about it through a, i'm in a theological pedagogy class right now learning how to teach from a sort of christian catholic purview and one of the practices that a lot of catholic teaching do is um is called a visio divina which is you take some meditative time to like look at a picture and have a conversation and a meditation on how it speaks to you spiritually and one of the things we did for a visio divina this is a lot of background for a very simple <laughs> um thing was this guy named eric pickerskill and if you look up his name and then type removed photo series it is so good very simple concept but haunting he basically has gone around the world in different places and has taken photos of people 
in public, in private, on their phones, uh, using their phones. And then he goes in through the photo process and edits the phones out. Oh, yeah. So it's really a great, it was a great Vizio Divina because there's so much you can think about when you look at that picture. Mm -hmm. um, and he has a whole series of them. He has some with like couples. He has some out in public um, in different cultures. <laughs> it's really good. So I would suggest, cool. yeah, Eric Pixer, Pickersgill, the removed photo series. Um, you can just Google it and it pops up and then you can buy some if you're really moved by them, you can buy them, but uh, they should be for free to view on, online. Uh, that's very cool. What an awesome concept. Yeah, I bet there is some like, I bet that gets pretty dark. It does. <laughs> I, I feel like in most circumstances like unless a person is literally laughing at their phone they're mostly going to look like uh automatons or yeah something really it, and if you take that out and they're just like staring at their hand it's like uh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah right i know we've we've talked in some interviews about our crabby old man views on on some technology but this is just another <laughs> another form of me saying like yep i don't know about this world right now <laughs> all old men turn southern by the way <laughs> that's as, as yeah. soon as you're old you just develop a southern accent yeah that's you know what whatever <laughs> it's really the only way to get the kids off your lawn yes if you're not southern they ain't gonna fear you they ain't gonna get off your lawn. No, you they ain't gonna get off your lawn. Don't have as much kick in the voice. That's right. That's right. Not enough gunpowder in there. All right. Uh, we're here to do a show, everybody. <laughs> so we've got a we got a book. We got we got forced entrollment coming at you now. That's our bring some cultures. We'll have links in the episode description as always because you're not gonna like try to keep up with us while we talk them at you. Moving on, we're doing a book today. Travis, what book are we doing? We are doing Star Wars, The Old Republic, Deceived. Mm -hmm. And now here, hold on, all you gatekeeping Star Wars people out there. Yes, we know this is not canon anymore. Oh, is it, is it decanonized? This is decanonized. It is part of the old, the Legends series. So they, they basically took the like years of literature that has been written for Star Wars before Disney's ac acquisition. Oh, and they come just, on. Just called it the Legends series. So this is part of that. Uh, so this is all things that is made up now in the Star Wars universe? Yeah. It's like our Hercules? It's like our Hercules. So this is Star Wars, the old oh. Republic deceived by paul s kemp damn you talking. disney yeah darn okay. disney uh the novel a brief summary of it before clayton gets to our trivia question is a sith lord named darth malgus leads an attack on the jedi temple the sacking of coruscant which everyone who is a star wars fan should know coruscant is like the main jedi city of the, the republic um he is angry that his master, Darth Angrel, is trying to make a peace treaty with the Galactic Republic, even after his victory over Coruscant, um, kind of trying to use that victory as leverage. 
And so he's got that little subplot going on. And at the same time, across the galaxy is a Jedi named Aaron Lanier who senses her master's death on Coruscant and goes on a bit of a revenge quest to find the killer of her master and bring justice to him. She's also sort of contending with the Republic Council who wants to make this treaty. And she gets with a spice runner named Zirid Kor, and those two go and try and find Darth Malgus. And that's pretty much the plot, as you follow the Sith and this Jedi as their paths inevitably very slowly begin to converge. I think that, yeah, that pretty much sums it up. That's what the book's about, without uh, getting into any opinions or... uh any of that any too many spoilers we we tend to spoil books pretty much completely though so yeah. you know if you want to read this for yourself do that and then come back the episode Don't listen to the debate. yeah it'll still be there uh and then you'll enjoy it more so anyway i got a trivia question for you, you ready yep um and if there's any new listeners out there what we're about to do is our game called forced entrollment kind of the main segment of our podcast we roll two dice Whoever gets the higher dice defends the Booker movie. Whoever gets the lower roll uh, attacks it, regardless of how we actually feel. But before we do that, we're going to do a trivia question. I came up with a question I don't think Travis can answer. If okay. he gets it wrong, then I get advantage, which means I roll twice and choose the dice I like best. And if he gets it right, then he gets advantage, which means the same thing for him. Mm -hmm. All right, Travis. Yo. In The Deceived, yep. or just Deceived, in Deceived, our smuggler character, Zirid, our ex-military smuggler character, mm -hmm. has a daughter. He's got a stepsister who's, uh, or not stepsister, sister-in-law? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, sister-in-law, who is watching out for his uh, young daughter on a, on a beautiful home planet of his. And, and which planet was that? Oh, man. I got you multiple choice here. So was it Corellia, Dantooine, Alderaan, or Volta? Hmm. <laughs> well, I know when he, when he goes home, he starts a farm. And Dantooine is a very, like, rural planet. So I'm going to say Dantooine. So close. So close. Yeah. His... I, that one is the tricky one, right? Because um, he does end the book farming and living on Dantooine. But during the course of the book, before he moves his family off this planet, they are actually living on Volta. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember mm -hmm. that now. Because he has to, like, see her in secret, kind of. Yep. Cool. But Man. this is exactly what I was talking about. Like, you didn't even remember Dantooine was in the book. You remembered that it was a rural planet. You know, <laughs> you have enough Star Wars lore that I was like, he might be able to guess the planet just from knowing what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you were close. Yeah. No cigar. All right. You get advantage. All right. I gotta find my dice. Ooh, baby. This is your last chance, dice. Let's see how you do. Seventeen. Natural 19. Damn you. Seriously? Yep. Ah. I rolled a 16 and a 17. Both pretty good. And I rolled a 19. Well, you're higher. Either All way. Right. Either way you slice it. 
Okay, so I guess I will start our 10 minute debate. Timer is going meow. Deceived. Okay, so I want to preface this by saying there's enough Star Wars novels out there now that I think they can almost just be judged by their own genre standards, um, which might be unfair to say, but I approach a Star Wars novel, having read several of them now, with you know, a, a context in mind of like, what is this going to give me? Is it going to give me compelling characters? Is it going to give me expansion of the lore I already know? And is it going to give me really awesome action sequences with like Jedi? And Deceive delivers on all three fronts. Um, Malgus is up there as one of the coolest Sith um, I've read. He, he's definitely below a few um, for sure, but I think he is a compelling character. And I think he definitely is a, a cool sort of foil to Aaron. The opening action sequence, which with the attack on Coruscant, is amazing on the Jedi Temple. If anyone wants to see an, a really good animated cinematic of it, there is one on YouTube. You just look up uh, Star Wars Old Republic Deceived, and there's like a movie, a short film of that attack. But I think the thing that I will praise the most in this book that sits outside of just that, oh yeah, it's a good Star Wars novel, because it is, that kind of puts it in this territory of, let's just talk about how it's a good sci-fi novel, is the the way that the villain and the hero have essentially the same goal, but through different lenses and with a different end. Both Dark Malgus and Jedi Knight Aaron want this treaty to cease they want kind of vengeance they want um they don't want the jedi and the sith to make amends because they think that the things each one have done is like too wrong for their different philosophies to justify a treaty malgus thinks only the dark side can only grow through violence so we can't have peace aaron thinks those sith have been way too cruel and have essentially tried to destroy us we can't make peace with them we have to just snuff out them as a disease and then obviously you get you know the ending that you can probably predict where the jedi Aaron moves away from that philosophy doesn't want to seek her revenge and malgus just gets darker <laughs> more mm -hmm. siffy but i did i did enjoy that of, of throughout three quarters of the novel the hero and the villain are essentially doing the same thing in different ways. And I think that's a cool conversation to be had, that this world that George Lucas created can have those kinds of philosophical discussions about like, are the Jedi really all that much better than the Sith? And I think this book kind of brings that, that conversation up in a way that a lot of the other novels don't. That's my piece with Deceived. Mm -hmm. well, I've never really read much fan fiction for the reason that I didn't like the deceived. <laughs> uh, and that's just like, it just, when you don't create your own world, you're playing by somebody else's rules. And I'm not saying good stories can't happen within that parameter, they certainly can. But this definitely just felt like, basically I felt like I was watching someone play Knights of the Old Republic, you know? <laughs> like I was following a character that somebody was playing in this video game. Uh, it visited all the all the same places that you would visit in the game. It was like very much like reading somebody's playthrough. And I don't I don't really like watching other people play video games. That's never been my thing. I didn't feel like 
there was a whole lot of originality in the story and there wasn't a whole lot for me to like latch on to it was pretty much the most cookie cutter like in terms of character that that you could imagine i mean is literally like the sith is is just about violence is the only way to be strong <laughs> that's his whole philosophy <laughs> i didn't think he was a compelling character i thought he was like so cookie cutter sith i mean he's down to like having a face mask and being bald and veiny like he's he's hey, as sith as it gets he's we all the... know baldness equals evil clay <laughs> i i know it i haven't gotten any powers from being bald and it's really annoying me i'm trying i'm trying my hardest but uh maybe i just need to be angrier maybe yeah. that's why i'm all soft i don't have any power because i'm not trying to kill people all the time <laughs> that's that's all darth malgus is about he's just angry he's very one-dimensional he's like sort of got love but he sees it as a weakness and he's gonna snuff it out so yeah i didn't find him as a very interesting villain very one-dimensional not really redeemable in any way i didn't think mm -hmm. and then aaron is also you know basically it's the same battle that anakin skywalker goes through it's like the same old jedi battle of like do i go with my emotions or do i be disciplined mm -hmm. uh yeah you you know you should be disciplined but that's not as much fun as emotions so you do emotions for a while and then at the end you realize oh i'm gonna be a sith if i keep doing this i better stop mm -hmm. yeah i, I don't know see, i can see that i mean i I think in comparison to a lot of the other Star Wars it does, it is a lot more compelling and the characters are more fleshed out, especially let, let me rant a little bit about Revan. Um, <laughs> no, Revan isn't even in the book. I don't care. You don't get to rant. I care. You don't get no, to rant I about to, him. No, that, this is a point. I'm making a good point. <laughs> Revan is exactly what you're saying. And I don't think that this is. Revan is a playthrough. Revan is a non-character in that book. He, he's just here, here, reader. You can look through these eyes, and this isn't even really a character, and we're basically just doing a playthrough of a game. That is that book to me. Whereas Deceived, I didn't get that at all. I, I had a feeling that the characters, though they did fit into a lot of Star Wars stereotypes, were distinctive and set apart. And I was actually viewing them kind of from above rather than literally Revan felt like oh i get to be cool jedi for a book <laughs> like okay, yeah so... i have a hot wife it's like that's that well, is not good and i think deceived is is the anti Revan novel in my opinion so, so just because something else does the thing worse doesn't mean that this book doesn't do that thing <laughs> <laughs> this sure Revan is must be worse but that's kind of the thing like you're saying it should be judged uh in its own subgenre category and against books like it but i haven't read any of those so i'm judging it as like a sci-fi book yeah and as a sci-fi book it is very like surface level and shallow mm -hmm. in my opinion i think it expands on the on the world and i mean i think that's another thing with a with a Star Wars book. That's what you're looking for. Yes, we know this world's familiar, but can you give us a little more about it that we don't? Um, and I think I think it did. I think especially the sort of this battle of Coruscant, like that's not something we'd seen really a lot in Star Wars before. The epic 
Sith versus Jedi battles. Um, and we knew that in this history they they existed. Mm-hmm. I don't think I, we never saw them in the original trilogy. We didn't see them in the prequels. That's a massive like war series, but all you get is small Jedi fights. And um, mm-hmm. I think Paul S. Kemp brought really quick paced action and expansion of war uh, to the Star Wars world in in a lot of those action sequences and kind of exploration of the Sith and the Jedi's differences in style. Yeah, I didn't see, I don't know, I guess when I think of exploration, I think of going deeper. I felt more like he was just bringing up things that he knew fans liked as token monuments to prop up a pretty weak story. Mm. Like member member berries. Member berries, exactly. He's just like <laughs> vaguely referencing like Sith politics when he's like talking to the big Sith and the other Sith whispering in his ear and you're like, okay, so classic like overthrow gun on here. Nothing new about that. And then he just references like the insidious nature of Sith politics, blah blah blah. And we're either just going to infer what that means if we're not Star Wars fans or we already know because we're Star Wars fans, but that's not like going deeper into something. That's just using something that you know people know about so you don't have to explain something deeper. <laughs> I mean, I guess... That's what it I, is. I would make more of an argument, but it's... it's game of the week. I can't. Board game of the week. Board game of the week. Well, we're actually doing a video game of the week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to talk about Knights of the Old Republic because why not? That book is the book is set in that universe, um, so we might as well explain to you what it is a little bit because then it'll make more sense to you. Uh, Travis, you know a lot more about the Star Wars lore. Do you want to give us the summary of what Knights of the Old Republic is about? Where well, Knights- yeah, sure. I mean, it's not canonical anymore. As, as we all know. Um, I, I refuse to believe that. Push my glasses up. <laughs> Knights <laughs> of the Old Republic is set in the time, oh gosh, how many years? It's a long time before the events of the original Star Wars trilogy or even before the prequel, prequel series. Uh, and it's basically at a time when the Sith Empire is less of this like threat of of large masses of uh destructive jedi basically the sith empire is essentially a regime of like military might um that is is spread across the galaxy and ruling over several different planets uh and their their sort of rival and enemy is the galactic republic which is ruled by the jedi um well not really ruled by the jedi but the jedi act as their sort of um military stand-in very much leaning into the lore that is that George established, where the this, the Jedi are essentially like samurai. They are the knights of the of the galactic um, republics, leaders sent to sort of fight a lot of their military combats, and when not doing that to defend the borders. And the Sith are kind of Nazi stand-ins, like a lot of fiction does. But mm-hmm. Knights of the Old Republic follows a. Um, character that you're you're playing pov sort of role playing it's a role playing game and you are this character who has no memory of their past life is having kind of weird dreams and is crash landed on a planet called terrace has to rescue a jedi named bastila from terrace and through that rescue mission begins to discover they also can use the force 
and have some strange history that they're beginning to remember. And you really get to just unveil a lot of that through your gameplay in, in your role-playing role. Jason Bourne in Star Wars. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> Except if Jason Bourne was teamed up with an even more awesome secret agent. Yes. <laughs> it's got a cool lot of characters. I mean, yeah, just to get into talking about it. I think this game's really fun. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite classic role-playing games. And definitely one that got me into um, RPGs as a video game front. And I think that's probably my favorite form of video game now. Um, me but too. I think Knights of the Old Republic was probably my first little dip into that pool. Um, I love the characters. I replay it and and characters that i loved as a kid aren't my favorites anymore like i have more i remember hating what's his name karth mm-hmm. yeah i hated karth because i was just like oh he's like a goody two-shoes like he's a soldier that wants to like all he wants to do is the thing he's supposed to save Bastila, and that's it um mm-hmm. i read now that's it, your favorite archetype yeah i replayed it recently as an adult and i'm like Oh man, I love Karth. Like I, I gotta keep him in my party. He's got a very compelling backstory. He he struggles <laughs> with these questions of like, oh, should I actually be such a good soldier boy, or does that just suck? <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know, you never got that. I never got that as a kid because I just left him in the ship. And every time he tried <laughs> to talk to me, I was like, shut up, Karth. <laughs> shut up, Karth. I don't want to know about how I should be doing something good. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. That's I think it has replayability. I think it's fun. What What are your opinions? Yeah, I don't actually remember uh, all the characters. I need to play it again. It was a lot of fun. I I remember just loving it though, loving the world. Uh, you can go in so many different directions with your character build. Um, it's really fun to go into a world that you already know, like Star Wars, and interact with it and be a part of it. You know, as a <laughs> in a role playing game is a perfect way to do that. And I must have played that game so many times because I did all kinds of different. I mean, there's basically what, I don't know, like 16 different class combinations you can do at the end of the day. Probably a little more than that. Probably more than that. Yeah. So I played it through trying to do as many of the different ones as I could. And there's a lot of different ways that that story can go, depending mm-hmm. on how you interact with your shipmates and. The choices that you make I, I like how every choice you make really does ripple through the whole story you know mm-hmm. it makes it really good there's less there's a lot of really good like uh relationship building in that game too and it's easy to slip up it's mm-hmm. uh the characters are interesting hard to read sometimes and it was a really fun interactive game yeah it was it was it was really a master class in in how rpgs should work and i think there's a lot of those lessons from it that are still like being applied to today my one issue with it to talk about if we, I don't think we've talked about issues with games yet, but my one issue with it is there are a lot of builds, but I learned the hard way that there's really only one build for the final boss. <laughs> That's true. That's um, true. I, yeah. I've, I told you that I built a, um, like a totally buffing character. Like all it was, all my character was, was, make my partners the best fighters they could be and just sit back and watch and it killed it i like burned through that game faster than i ever had and then Uh i got the darth malik and i can't i can't beat him right (laughs) no you can't buff yourself up 
no, I mean, not enough and not fast enough. And you have no partners in that fight. So you're just alone. And I was like, oh, well, I can't <laughs> win the game <laughs> with this build. I just can't do it. Um, Interesting. So that, that'd be my one contention is like a lot of those old RPGs. Yeah, there's a lot of variety, but there's really one variety to use if you want to win the game. <laughs> yeah. Strong Jedi. Strong Jedi. Yeah. Strong Sith. Yeah, because I always uh, I uh, I wanted to play gunslingers in that game, and it is far harder to win that game as a gunslinger. Oh yeah, it's yeah. insanely difficult yeah. when you start fighting all the Sith all the time. You're like, dude, well, rockets. I need rockets. Yeah, <laughs> it's the only one. <laughs> I need things that go boom. <laughs> yeah, need boom things. Yeah, no, but yeah, go check out. Knights of the Old Republic, if you haven't, um, I'm sure a lot of you have, but maybe not younger listeners. And I think it's on PC. I think it's on, yeah, I think it's on Xbox and PlayStation as well. So just, I'm not sure. I think it's all over the place. I don't know about Xbox, PlayStation, but it's definitely um, downloadable on PC and it's not like huge. Yeah. They made a phone app version, but it is a huge file for a phone and is not the best to play on. No, that would be really difficult. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, that's the game of the week. Now we're going to get into what we actually think. And because I lost for the fourth week in a row, <laughs> uh, I'll go first. I will bask in my victorious glory. Um, I did judge Deceived just subconsciously against other works of the genre. Yeah. Because it's a fan fiction. And I mean, as soon as I started reading it, I was like, Oh, well, cool. This is the scene from the movie. Mm -hmm. I saw this short film. So I'm like, oh, okay. Now I'm watching these guys' this whole story. I'm into that. Mm -hmm. So that sucked me right in because I'm already a fan. Mm -hmm. Even if I wasn't, though, it was a good opening scene for sure. Mm -hmm. Like, I could see why they made a movie about it rather than the movie did all its work for it. I, which one came out first? I'm not quite sure, actually. Um, look I up. think the novel came second because it's based on the video game that the movie was for, <laughs> which is a long sentence. Yes, novel came second. Okay, so he based, he wrote that scene after. So he wrote, he just like put into words that movie. I was hoping that they made the movie based off his book, like he had written the book first. That would have been cool. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, that kind of sums up the whole my opinion of the book really <laughs> it's like yeah i can enjoy this but i know exactly what it's gonna be you know yeah and and that's fine it was definitely like a good uh buffer book you know for between yeah. big denser reads because i did just read like the rest of the farseer books and i definitely needed a break before i jumped into something else that was like heavy Mm -hmm. no i mean i agree I, I i was making arguments of of depth and stuff i don't it's a popcorn book you know it's the it's yeah. the equivalent of a popcorn film in book version it's it's a break read yeah but it's a good one you know? it's well written it's well definitely written. it's really well written i was very happy with the writing the syntax and stuff it was really well put together it flowed great the pacing was good mm -hmm. um so yeah it was like, yeah, like a blockbuster movie, like you said, a popcorn movie, popcorn book. But it, it definitely was an enjoyable one and one that I, I certainly don't regret reading it. 
Yeah, it it sets itself apart from a lot of those same kind of stories of, yeah, you know what you're getting into. It's not going to be anything new or different, but it's going to be fun. And I think Deceived is that. It is very fun. It's got the most, you were 100% right in your arguments. It's got the most stereotypical characters you're ever going to read in Star Wars. But I also think it does avoid what Revan does, and that's have (laughs) non-characters. I don't think any of the characters in this are non-characters. They're predictable characters, but they, they have their own weight to them a little bit. And that's what makes it fun is you're following their journeys that you know how those journeys are going to end, but you still get to tread through them. Zerid was a really good character. Yeah, I like Zerid. I, I mean, still super stereotypical. Literally like an ex-soldier turned smuggler who if he runs this run, he gets his entire debt wiped and gets to save his family. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, aside from his like his motivations, he as a character was written really well. Mm-hmm. Inside his head was a rich, rich world. Mm-hmm. Much more so than Malgus or Aaron, but they were both like... Well, Aaron, because we never really got into Aaron's head too much. We did. Mm-hmm. She had chapters. But I don't know. To me, it felt like most of the book was dictated by Zerid. And Malgus. And Malgus. And Malgus was like very one note. Cool. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what else to discuss in a book like this. It's, it's, it's what it is. And I, we both seem to enjoy it for what it was. Well, we just got to rate it now. So let's do two ratings for this one. Let's do a rating within the Star Wars world exclusively. Mm-hmm. And then we'll do a rating for against the science fiction genre as a whole. Okay. So for the Star Wars, what do you rate it? I'm giving it out of eight a... I mean, it's probably still going to be a four. Because like... Now, I guess in the Star Wars world, yeah a four because i know that some of this new stuff they've released is actually legitimately really good and and takes it in a different way and i think of all the media like i've seen star wars do really good storytelling so it's not like it's impossible to do it so i'm gonna say this is a four like the clone wars we're gonna get to that in a later later podcast but some of that stuff i think really breaks the barrier of oh yeah this is just a star wars story and breaks into like oh no this is a compelling science fiction tale and Mm -hmm. so i would put deceived at a four because it does still have some giants to contend with fair enough agreed and against science fiction as a whole i had to put it down at like a two yeah (laughs) um just because it is a fan fiction book and it very much reads like one and say this was your first star wars book you probably wouldn't read one again because it never explained anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this would be a really bad intro into the Star Wars literature world if it was your first exposure to Star Wars. You hadn't watched the movies or played some games. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It's, it's yeah, all it has is what takes it out of a one is it's fun, but really not much else. Nope. Cool. Well, we are in agreement. That is uh, forced entrollment, and then our conclusion, what we actually think. That's going to be a podcast, everybody. Thank you for listening this week, and until next time, I have been Clay Vermolum. And I have been Travis Vermolum. And we are both still those people. Bye. Goodbye.